You have to let it all go, Neo. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog Podcast back with an enlightening and inspiring episode. You know, when you've lost it all, that's when you realize that life is beautiful. Now, that's a quote from Nikki Six from the band Motley Crue. Now, if you know anything about Motley Crue, you know that they were heavy into drugs at one point. And Nikki Six actually overdosed on heroin and was pronounced clinically dead. Now, he had unfinished business on this earth, and he, he literally came back from the dead. And that's why that quote is so meaningful. Now, that leads me to my special guest today who has something in common with Nikki. She had her own near-death experience and came back reignited and full of purpose. Now, who am I referring to is none other than Mariko Frederick. Now, some background information on Mariko. She is a dynamic transformational speaker and expert on aligning entrepreneurs with their spiritual path. In 2003, she had a near-death experience and was sent back with an unusual gift of being able to uncover your true calling and see the assignment on your life, as well as your path to abundance. Now, she's worked with Olympic and professional athletes, CEOs of seven and eight-figure businesses, and serves as a speaker spiritual healer and high performance coach her book about life in the afterlife is scheduled to be released in january of 2021 she's the founder and ceo of soul priority a business and spiritual development company dedicated to helping professionals and entrepreneurs turn their higher purpose into higher profits mariko it's great to have you on the show today welcome to the one broken cock podcast thank you brian it's my pleasure to be here yeah, I'm excited. You have such an incredible journey. Obviously, it's just begun, right? You're, you're, you know, the story's not, not over yet. Yep. So I can't wait to hear about it, learn about how you're helping entrepreneurs today. But first, I got to tell you, I love the name. You know, your name is so unique. What's your background? Thank you. Uh, Mariko, it's Japanese. So my mom is from Japan. And Mariko means, depending on the characters you use, it means um, truth child. Um, or it can mean like a little ball. Kind of depends on the language. But yeah. And then my dad's German-Italian. Wow, so you've got the best of, of both worlds there. That's awesome. I love it. I, I do, love yeah. Good food. Japanese, Japanese culture. <laughs> you know, it's, I was uh, back in the day, I was a huge fan of, a, of an organization called Pride Fighting Championships. And it was an MMA organization oh. in Japan. And, of course, the UFC ended wow. up buying them, but their fighters are legendary. There was a great fighter named Kazushi Sakuraba. He's one of my heroes. And uh, if I ever had to have dinner with three people dead or alive, he, he could, may very well be one of them. So, <laughs> Definitely. Wow. Japanese. Well, I love it. Well, technically on my mom's side, my grandmother's side. So my mom's mom, she is technically, obviously she's passed. Oh, not obviously, but my mom had me when she was older. So my grandparents would be in their hundreds now. Um, but she was samurai, her blood. that lineage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So technically I'm like, I have a little samurai in me. You know, there's a secret. But I am not an MMA fighter at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's best for them. It's better to watch than to participate. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. funny. They say that Japanese and Italian both live very long lives. I mean, with the, with the Italians, they say it's yeah. the olive oil. But with Japanese, I'm not sure what it is. But they live a very long time. They do, especially in, is it Osaka? Or not Osaka. Um, oh, there's an area of Japan, and I'm, I'm blanking on it right now, um, where people do live very long. Yeah. Very, very long. Yeah. So now, and I think part of it is purpose. Yeah, no, it is. It, it mm -hmm. really is. I'll tell you, and they're very yeah. disciplined people. Now, mm -hmm. you know, I remember I read about you, and I'm so glad to be talking to you. You know, you said you, you talk about your life before this, this earth-shattering experience. What was mm -hmm. your life like 
before this happened, you know, kind of leading up to this event? Mm, I was so happy. My life was amazing. So I was an avid rock climber and backpacker. Um, for me at the time, you know, hiking 20 miles, 25 miles was like a typical day hike, right? And I didn't know that that was like a long hike. It was just normal for me because I lived in the mountains. And um, I had a practice in alternative healing. And so even today I'm board certified with the National Commission for Acupuncture and Oriental Medicine. And so my life was really around helping people um, heal physically, emotionally. And then the rest of the time I spent, you know, hopefully like hiking or climbing. So I was pretty happy. And at the time I thought, gosh, you know, if I could do this the rest of my life, I would be happy. Like that was all I wanted. I'd sort of like, you know, you think you hit the pinnacle of your career and you think like I've made it. And then I lost everything at wow. 28 going on to, right before my 29th birthday. It was gone in an instant. That's unbelievable. So what, what actually happened leading up to that? Was there a certain cause or it was just out of nowhere? Um, it, there was a cause. So a couple things happened. Um, <clears throat> I had, I was hiking in the mountains and I saw a tick on my arm, which was not a big deal, right? If you've, if you've spent any time in, in the mountains and I brushed it away, I didn't think a thing of it. A few weeks later, I started to feel really tired and really sick, um, kind of like the flu, my neck really hurt. And so I saw somebody that I trusted who had a practice in alternative medicine and I went for help. Um, long story short, and I don't get way into it because it can upset people. Um, and that's the reason I came back is not a revenge story. <laughs> that's what happens. Um, she was practicing alternative medicine with no license, no education. She was ordering equipment from somebody that she knew that had a license and was a total fraud, had already injured. I think I was the fifth person, had gone up against the attorney general of the state that we lived in. And it was a disaster. And so she actually injured me to the point of having a near death. At the same time, three weeks prior, I had contracted Lyme disease and had no idea. And so it took three and a half years to get diagnosed. And it took three and a half years of really like stripping away of everything I was because nobody could figure out what was wrong with me because they were so focused on the near-death experience. And so um, that's, that's sort of the long story of what happened or the short story of what happened. Wow. So it was pure negligence that kind of led you to that, but something good came out yeah. of something bad, right? <clears throat> It really did. It really did. You know, from the minute I came back and took my first breath, I knew that it, everything happened in divine right order, right? You, you come back differently. You come back with such clarity on how things really work in your own life and what's meant to be. And I came back with such a deep faith that nothing happens by accident. Um, not even that. And believe me, you know, when you can't stand up when you're young. And I went from, you know, 125 pound avid rock climber to eventually a 200 pound woman who could not even crawl to the bathroom on her own. You know, I went from running my own practice in alternative medicine to being too confused to use my phone or turn a doorknob or turn on a light switch. And so during those years, it was really that, that thread, that connection that I had to the afterlife that got me through. Wow. That's amazing. And we'll definitely talk about that in a moment. So the event itself, we'd love to understand a little bit more about it because it's so fascinating, right? You always hear about people that, that this happens to, and there's always certain things that happen to them that are, that, that 
are the same, right? They experience mm-hmm. somewhat similar, like as an example, you see a light or you go through a tunnel or you see, mm-hmm. you know, loved ones. It's always the same thing. So many different people have experienced this. Maybe if you want to talk about that event itself, what you can recollect, is it very clear to you or is it, or is it kind of you're piecing it together? It's 100% clear to me. And, you know, to be honest, it was such a big experience that it's taken me nearly 17 years to start speaking about it openly and publicly. Um, The other thing is it was such a sacred experience. I've never once read or looked into anybody else's near-death experience. And so so when you're saying like, oh, everybody has the same things happen, I I do know what you're talking about, and yet I've never actually read it or or listened to it. it's That's just, amazing. it's, yeah, it, you know, I think it just took this many years to unpack. And plus, when I came back, I wasn't healthy. You know, they sent me back with an assignment on my life. And I was like, awesome, I'll do it. Well, actually, first, I said, no, if you want to get into the details of the experience, I did not say yes, right away. But when I did come back, you know, the understanding was, okay, I have work to do, instead of getting up and, you know, hitting the ground running, and serving and doing what I came back to do, I spent the better part of 10 years in bed, sick, losing everything. It was heartbreaking. Man. And so I went from this extremely euphoric, blissful experience of realizing who I am as a soul to just being a person with no, I felt like I had no purpose. I knew I did, but the feeling that every day of there's literally nothing I can do. It was, it was uh, pretty devastating. Yeah, no, I can imagine. When you came back, yeah. was it more of, I'm so grateful to be alive that I don't want to take you know, anything for granted? Or was it, hey, I know exactly why I'm here and my purpose for being here? Or it could be a combination of both, right? Yeah, it was, um, boy, I know I should answer one of those two. And it wasn't either. <laughs> really? I know I grieved. I, I, I know it, 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 at 29 years old, I should have been so thankful to be alive. But see, here's the thing. I never felt more alive than when I left this world. And so to come back into this very heavy material world and be sick and to, to, have, to have this assignment on my life that I couldn't fulfill was not what I was expecting, you know? And so I wasn't, I, the way I could, I wasn't dead, right? It wasn't my time. They sent me back. So I wasn't allowed to leave this world, but I wasn't really living either. And so I would say for about a year, I grieved because there I was, you know, in the afterlife, alive, feeling like I realize who I am as the divine soul, right? I am love. I am joy. And just this expansive, you know, I wish we had words in the human language to explain, but we don't. (laughs) But it was just this like expansive euphoria uh, that was infinite. And to go from that to sick in bed no, I wasn't like, wow, I'm so grateful. It was like, okay, I, you, just took, you just took the best thing that happened away from me. And what, I grieved. What, what got you through that, uh, that tough period, you know, that healing period? So I would say one of the things, and, and I'm sure that the, the guy from Motley Crue can attest to this, you don't come back the same. And so I came back just completely blissed out, just completely blissed out. I was sick. Um, my body was sick. I had a lot going on, but there was this sort of, constant current of bliss flowing through me and knowing that I wasn't alone like they hadn't abandoned me I guess you can say and so that got me through on the spiritual side 
Um, my husband, of course, I have an amazing marriage and, and, you know, we were very young at the time he was 26 mm. and he, he just stepped up. We'd only been married like a year, year and a half. And he just stepped up and it was literally like carrying me to the bathroom and bathing me and helping me eat and all the things. And so he really carried me through because um, we didn't have a large community because we just moved to a new town. So I didn't know many people yet. Wow. That's, so that's, that's yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was very blessed and he understood it too, because when I came back, I remember lying in bed and I opened my eyes and he had been kind of shaking me, trying to bring me back. And he and when I opened my eyes and took a breath, he said, where'd you go? And I said, I died. And I don't know how to explain it other than whatever I came back with, it filled the room. And he, there was just this peace that we had that night. And we had a dog, our, our wolf dog, he's passed now. And he was on the bed too. And I don't know how to explain it, but we were just in this bubble of peace. No panic, no fear. Wow. What was, the, what was the reaction of others in your life? Has there been anybody that was somewhat skeptical of this? Or has everybody kind of embraced it and you know, accepted? I didn't talk about it. I, I mean, when you, I when you finally it. did. I barely... Uh, I mentioned it. It was like a mention. Oh, Mariko had a near-death experience. And then some people, I think, sent us some emails about, about oh, this experience, you should listen to this, you should read this. Um, I didn't read any of it. I was too sick. Um, but honestly, I didn't really mention it. I wasn't ready. And so it wasn't until really last year that I started talking about it publicly and really being, so, so I can say I had a near death experience and people would say, what is it like? And I didn't have the words to really share what it was like because in my experience, it was not quick, right? It, I was home when it happened. So I wasn't in the hospital. We couldn't tell you how many minutes I was gone, but in my experience, I was there. Now there is no time when you leave this world, but in my experience, I was there for 800 years. That's what it felt like. So how do I come back? And someone's like, what was it like? How do I convey an entire lifetime? How do I convey that infinity of, of feeling my true identity for 800 years and then being back in a body stuck in bed? And so I really didn't have the words to, to talk about it until recently. No, for sure. What what yeah. led you to the decision to kind of start your own business and help people? I know you founded Soul Priority and you've worked with some people uh, as finding their spiritual purpose and turning it into abundance in business. What led you to that decision? Um, so it was sort of an accident or, or not an accident. It was I, I, nothing's an accident. Um, so I was trying to get my life back. Right. Because when you lose everything, you try to get it back. Right. And I didn't know yet. I didn't have the wisdom yet to know it's never coming back. You don't go backwards, you go forwards, right? And so people, I mean, it's, when we lose something, we want to get it back, right? The first thing we do when I lose my keys is I look for it because I want them back, right? right? And so I lost my career, lost my identity, and I wanted to get it back. And so I tried to open another practice in alternative healing here in San Diego eight years ago. And I had a new client walk in the door and I'd never met her before. And she lied down on my treatment table. I can't remember what her injury or what was going on with her. And so this is when the gift first happened. And I went, oh, well, actually, I didn't. It took a while because I just I was a little slow on the uptake. But I tuned into her. I, I, that's what I call it now. 
Um, and I saw that even though she was successful and she had a really great career, the first thing I said, literally five minutes of meeting this woman, I'm practically scolding her. I'm like, why haven't you quit your job and started your own business? And she's looking at me like, what? I'm like, you need to quit your job and start your own business. And then I just get this download on what <laughs> needs to happen in her life and what's going to happen. And uh, like all of the moving parts and this is going to happen. And you need to do this and you need to do that. And just really, and I didn't know that that was planted in her heart that she had wanted this, but she had never really said it out loud before. And so what I didn't know was that I was telling her things that she had already thought about or not even hoped to think about. Um, and I'm spelling out like an entire path. And so to my utter surprise, she came back <laughs> and she kept coming back. And um, today she has a very successful business. And she makes uh, over seven, fi uh, seven figures a quarter, let's put it that way. And so she just, she's like, wow, everything you said, it worked. And so I think it was after that, it took years to go, okay, I love that. That was so fun. I'm so happy for you because that was what your soul was meant to do. Then I started to get more people and then had those similar results. And so that's when I went, oh, this is a business. This, this is what I do. Does that make sense? No, it does. Absolutely. So you have this natural ability to connect with people and guide them on the right path. Yeah. And you really care about people. And obviously it relates to your, the events of your life as well. And you saw that as an opportunity to uh, you know, start a business, you know, and make it uh, official, right? Make it a professional venture. Yeah. Any advice you can give, you know, when you first started your business, maybe there's something that you wish somebody would have told you so you could prevent some of the mistakes you make. We all make them and we all learn from them and, and, and pivot and react real time. Any advice you would give certain people, whether it be A, following their dream to start a business, but they're just scared to do it, um, or B, they've started yeah. a business, but they're kind of at a crossroads trying to figure out what's the best first move. Any advice you would give to those people? Um, I mean, obviously, the, the you know, solid business advice is to really understand your niche and how to serve them, right? Because businesses, when, when, for me anyways, the way that I work, and I believe the way you work, it's not about just what can I do to make more money? Because when you leave this world, money doesn't exist. But it's what can I do to serve more people or serve people in a greater capacity? And when you do that, when you come at it from that angle, that perspective, abundance flows back to you. So one thing I would say, how can I serve? Who is my, who is my niche market? Who, who needs what I have, right? And then be bold about it. Go and, and go find them and go serve them. But it really is niching down because I think that you know, for, for, I've spoken to so many business owners and in the very beginning, when you say, what do I do? And people say, I do this or that. And who's your niche market? They're like, well, everybody, <laughs> I, I've heard that so many times people really in the beginning, you need to figure out who is it that loves you and that you love working with. And that is so much fun, right? No, it is um, great advice. Yeah. Yeah. When you're working with someone and they love and adore you and you love and adore them back, that's ideal, right? Um, and then find out how you're serving them. The other thing I would say is, is if in whatever way comes out of you, I would say don't be a copy. And what I mean by that is create your own work in the world, right? One of the things I saw when I left this world is abundance is like abundance is available to all of us. But abundance isn't just money or health or relationships, right? We kind of like think of it that way in this world. But when you leave this world, abundance is available to us, but it's everything, right? And so it's idea. It's, um, you know, new thought. Um, it's it's um, money too, right? And so in this world, we look at something. And so this is where I want you to not limit yourself either. 
Um, for an example, if I'm listening to a song and 100,000 other people are listening to the same song at the same time, you're not going to go, oh my gosh, I shouldn't listen to that. Everyone else is doing it, right? But, but that's what we do with money. We say, okay, well, well, I have this idea and I should only be allotted this much money. But abundance is the same energy as poetry, music, art, right? There's an abundance. There's not, there's not a lack of it. And so for one thing I would say is get straight the fact that when you create something and you tune into that infinite abundance of the universe <clears throat> and you say, okay, how can I serve? How can I help people or how can I help, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the environment or animals or whatever you whatever it is that you want to do. And you really ask that question, that abundance flows through you so powerfully. And then you're not having to figure it out and do it on your own. Does that yeah, make absolutely. sense? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. And it's, it's really it's connecting to something bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, when you talk about serving people, it's so important because, you know, the other day I was watching this documentary called uh, Fire Fraud, right? It was about that fire festival. I don't know if you heard about that, but there was this mm. guy. Yeah. The guy, you started this festival. It was supposed to be like Coachella, but he basically ripped mm. everybody off, you know, made millions. And, you know, now mm. he's in federal prison because of it. And you look at guys like the person who started WeWork, made all this money, but you, you, what is their legacy? You know, they've made money, but their legacy is right. a fraudster or a total scam or, you know, that, that, and nobody's ever going to work with them anymore. So really, if you think about it, like you yeah. say, serving people, doing things the right way, you know, what is your motivation and thinking long-term, not just short-term, you know, I always talk about short-term uh, pain, long-term gain, you know, it may be tougher in the beginning it may be a mm -hmm. grind, but the end result is, is the juice is worth the squeeze in the long run. Now you make a great point. It you talk is. about abundance and you know, I remember you mentioned before abundance mindset and a money mindset. Now, are those things that mm -hmm. you can teach somebody or is it something where it has to be kind of baked into you and it's just who you are and it's at its essence? Well, it is who you are at the essence because your soul is tuned into it. You're not separate from it. It's a matter of, of, of realizing it. So there is that. And then, yeah, I do believe it can be taught, right? Because there's, because, because, you know, we have so, so many false beliefs that when you leave this world, there's such lies, the things we believe, like they're gone, right? And so like a lot of our money mindset, right? Like if you grew up in a household, depending on the household you grew up on, you may have heard money doesn't grow on trees, or we don't have that kind of money. True. You know what I mean? Who do you think you are to do that? Um, play it safe, right? We have these, 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 these ideas ingrained in us. And so there is some personal development work that has to be undone for you to realize, no, actually you have infinite potential. You can create whatever you want to create. Now I would say create something good and go serve people because the abundance that's going to flow back at you is going to be really wonderful versus just doing something so that you can get more money. Because when you leave this world, the person you are, you have to live with. So if you're a total jerk and a fraud and you're using people, guess what? After you take your last breath, you have to deal with the person you were. You got to face that. Now, if you did and you just served and you created and you helped, then on your last breath, you get to live with being that person. And it's really lovely. I really highly suggest it. Yeah. And so sure. it's, you know, talk about the you know, short and long-term gains. I call it the long game. Like I literally call life after death the long game because who you are now is going to be who you are when you leave this world. And so really work toward being a really spectacular human being and go serve people. Yeah, we need And then get more. rid of your mindset that you're not enough. Mm -hmm. Definitely. We need that now more than ever. I'll tell you that. Is, is there a certain key, do you think, to unlocking that abundance mindset in people? Because I know you mentioned that we all have that 
we all have that mindset, right? It's all what's wired into us. Some people may not be able to unlock it or be able to, uh, you know, use it properly. Any tips for that? I would say, you know, a couple of things. One, we've all heard it, or hopefully you've heard it, but you basically are, you become like the five people you surround yourself with. So who are, who are you surrounding yourself with, right? Um, are you surrounding yourself with people who you want to become like? And if not, go find some people. It doesn't mean that the people that have, you know, more of a negative mindset, because a lot of times those are people that are long-term friends and family, and I'm not saying walk away from them. I'm saying go find a new tribe of people. It could be two people. It could be five people. But go find people who are, are where you want to get to. And a lot of times that's a mentor or a coach, right? Because they have already done the work, and they have the mindset, and they probably have a plan as well. And so I would say go surround yourself with people who have already done what you want to do. And if you can't do that, then find those people in books, podcasts. There you go. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future, right? (laughs) Yep, (laughs) exactly. It's so obvious, but you know, we get, do you know about the crab mentality? Have you heard that? You know about how crabs work? Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So they just pull each other back down and we can't, we can't be in that. We can't be in that circle of friends. You've got to have people that want to lift you up. Definitely. Definitely. Now, do you believe, you know, as far as you know, business leadership, um, that the best leaders really invest in relationships of their direct reports? You know, there's been so many managers that have been subpar these days. You know, this, the stats are alarming. The fact that people would rather take a, you know, a pay cut than, you know, to get rid of their boss and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's just alarming. So as far as leadership, right, and being a leader in business, do you think it's very important to invest in relationships as far as your direct reports? Absolutely. And also, I would say the best leaders are the people that want to bring everybody up around them. And so it is, I think that there's a lot of people in leadership who probably might be better in a different role. And so some of the best leaders I've ever met, my mentors, um, I mentor with Lisa Nichols, who was in that movie, The Secret, um, and her business coach, Susie Carter, is my business coach. And they are people that really lift everybody up around them. And I just, I realize, you know, as far as a corporate leader, that's one thing, but true leaders, they lift everybody up around them. And I would say, if you're in a leadership role, look at how you can lift everybody up around you. Absolutely. Solid advice. Definitely. And they always say, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? You always want a mentor for yourself. (laughs) There's always somebody that you can learn from. I'm definitely living proof of that for sure. I mean, I've been so fortunate through my years, people taking me under their wing and you know, the the best attribute I always Mm -hmm. say is just sometimes close your mouth and open your ears, right? God gave you one mouth in two years. So Mm. shut the mouth, open the ears, listen, soak it in, you know, learn from the people that came before Mm -hmm. you. I'm a big proponent of that. Now, Monaco has been fantastic. Before we wrap up, is there any words of ris- wisdom, anything you want to leave our listeners with uh, that you think they should know before we, uh, we wrap up here? I would say, especially right now during the pandemic, if you have a business or if you're thinking about starting a business, go for it. You know, one of the things 2020 has taught me is, is everything is, ha- like, this is one of my best years. And I don't mean that just like financially, you know, we say that we, we think that way, but in so many ways, I've made so much progress this year. And so I would say embrace it. And, and, and 2020 isn't, you know, all the craziness that keeps happening. It's not happening by accident. The universe didn't mess up. The universe isn't going, oh my God, sorry, I forgot. You know, <laughs> right. my bad, right? This is happening for 
are better unfolding. And so I would say really take a look at your business and say, like, ask yourself, how can I be growing? How am I being pushed to grow? How am I being pushed? How am I being stretched into what's next for me? Because that's so much of what's happening. And, and our next, what we're meant to do is always out of our comfort zone. It's always going to be out of your comfort zone. And so look at how 2020 is stretching you and see where that's going to align with what you're meant to do and go for it fearlessly. And if you're afraid, go find people who aren't afraid and go hang out with them. I love it. Stepping out of your comfort zone. It, it, it's so beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's people are so hesitant to do it, but once you actually do it and realize, Hey, I can do this, that, you know, people have been holding me down for so many years and that, that this is possible mm-hmm. and you learn and you make mistakes. You learn it's a growing thing. It's beautiful. It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Now, Monica, very last question. This is to kind of get to know mm-hmm. you as a person, right? To kind of humanize you, to kind of endear you to the audience <laughs> so they can reach out and, and learn more from you. Um, you if you're on an, a de- an island, right? Like a tropical island for the rest of your life and you could only bring one movie, one book and one album, what would they be? Oh, one movie, one book, one album. Oh my gosh. Okay. So don't laugh. The book. Well, so that's a toss up, right? Cause I have a, I am really at my core, I'm a spiritual teacher. I just tend to work with people that are high achievers. Uh, but I really love autobiography of a yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. Okay, um, great. So that would be the book. One movie. Don't laugh. Um, the matrix. <laughs> nice. The first one, the 19. And what was the last one? Uh, yeah. Last one, yeah. Yeah. Last I, one. The first one, like I, you know, yeah. The first one I saw that in the theaters like six times. <laughs> there you go. Um, nice. What was the last question? Yeah. Last one is so, the album. Oh, an album. <sighs> you know, as much as I would want to say something like red hot chili peppers, really it, what tunes me back in is probably classical music. Um, I don't listen to it enough, but when I do, I'm like, oh, I feel better. It really raises your consciousness. It raises your vibration. So I would say, um, I don't know, Mozart, Beethoven, something like that. So even on an island where nobody can judge you, you'd listen to that? Yeah, because it just tunes me back <laughs> into my soul. And, and ultimately, we are the soul. And ultimately, the greatest accomplishment that anybody could make on this planet is to realize who you are as a soul. Because when you leave this world, the more enlightened you are, your spiritual progress is the only thing you get to take with you. Great. So if I'm alone on a spiritual, I'm alone on the island, that's what I'm going to do is is try to become more and more enlightened with a little bit of the matrix. (laughs) <laughs> Fantastic. Then that beacon of light will shine and somebody will find you and take you off the island, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Monica, it's been great. Uh, you know, how do people get in touch with you? The book is coming out, I know. Um, yes. How do they get in touch with you, reach out and, uh, you know, utilize your services uh, or, you know, kind of check so, out your work? Sure. So I actually have something fun on my website. It's the five mistakes that I see people making over and over and over when they're trying to find their purpose, when they're trying to find what's next in life. It's just not, it's, you know, we say purpose, but really it's like your soul is meant to do something here. You have an assignment on your life. You're not here by accident. There's something bigger you're meant to do. And so I've seen these five things over and over and over. And finally, I just put it on my website. And so you can definitely go get that. It's the five top mistakes that I see people making again and again when they're trying to find their purpose. And some of it, it's, it's those things that you probably, when you read it, you're going to be like, oh my God, right, I knew that. <laughs> but you didn't because you keep making the mistakes. It, it's, it's again that you, know, you have the keys in your hand and you're looking for your keys. And so those are the top five that I keep seeing. 
Awesome. And so they're what welcome is, to go get that. And what is that web address for us? Oh, I'm sorry. It's soulpriority.com. So it's S-O-U-L priority.com. Fantastic. Well, Monica, it's been great. Hope you enjoyed yourself as much as I did. And uh, let's Thank keep in, you. I, I definitely to, enjoyed myself. Yeah. Can't wait to check out the book. Maybe you can autograph it for me. I will definitely get you a copy. It comes out hopefully January 25th. I was going to launch it this year, but I think with everything going on, I decided to push it to January, but um, definitely looking forward to that. Thank you so much for, you know, the way that you show up in the world. And, and really, I can see that you mentor people up out of their mindsets and into what's next for them. So I'm really happy that you're doing what you're doing in this world. Awesome, Monica. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. And uh, yeah, looking forward to staying in touch. Thank you. You too. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.